Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Uh, today's also a special day because it's the last Sunday that Stephen and Jasmine Funes are going to be here as our youth pastors. They leave tomorrow for Maple Leaf Country, Canada, to become their own owner-operator of their very own Chick-fil-A. And we hate to see them leave. But we also celebrate this achievement in their lives. I also want to make mention we're going to celebrate another uh, achievement for Jasmine. She's breaking a barrier today. Uh, Jasmine is the first black female to become an owner-operator of an international Chick-fil-A. Isn't that awesome? Amen. So I want you to be sure to hug them today. Out in the lobby, we're going to have some maple cupcakes. In honor of all the maple, they're going to be sick of maple in about a year, amen. But in honor of them, we're going to have some maple cupcakes out in the lobby. They'll be hanging around for you to say bye to them. And also, I want to mention they are passing the torch to some very capable hands. Clarissa Buckley, uh, who's heading our children's ministry right now, she's going to become the head of our student ministries, which will include children and youth ministry. So she and the great staff of volunteers that they already have on their dream teams are going to do an incredible, incredible job. So that really kind of is the perfect segue into my topic for today, and that is superheroes. I'm going to talk about it today. I'm going to talk about it next Sunday. But when you hear that word, a lot of things come to mind, right? Batman, Robin, Superman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man. These were heroes that were very prominent in my generation. Now, you hear a lot about Captain America and Iron Man, Thor, the Black Panther. Now, they've also been around for a while, but they've gotten really popular these last several years because of the movies that have made them so popular. Now, all the superheroes, which one of them is the most popular? Well, it really depends on who you ask. But if you want to go by how much money, for example, their movies have made, this is how popular they are. Number one is Iron Man. By the way, if I happen to mention your favorite superhero, just give us a big clap. Amen, Iron Man. Number two, Davina, you're alone. I took you for a Thor fan. I don't know why. But Iron Man, number one. Number two, Superman. I'm sorry, Spider-Man. Number three, Captain America. Number four, okay, number four, Thor. Number five, The Incredible Hulk, amen. I can't ever say Incredible Hulk without thinking of Lou Ferrigno, amen. Number six, The Black Panther. Number seven, Batman. How about comic books? Who was the number one? Superman is by far the runaway number one in comics. And then there is the timeless question that nobody knows the answer to. Marvel or DC? <laughs> See, it's, it's kind of like asking who your favorite sports team is, right? But what really is a superhero? Now, not taking away anything from the comic books or the movie heroes, 
Because we all know entertainment and distraction from the real world can be really fun for two hours. I heard the new, one of the new superhero movies is like four and a half hours long. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I guess I'll take a week off and watch that one. Amen. <laughs> but I believe that the real superheroes, the everyday heroes, are the people that are around us. People like Andrew and Jessica that we just heard from. Some of you in this audience. Now, you probably have never considered yourself a hero because our idea of a hero has been shaped by the comics and by Hollywood. We think of Batman and Superman and the Avengers and the Justice League and so on. I'll never forget when I was a kid in school, we would get off the bus and we had a long dirt driveway leading to my house. It was probably, no joke, at least a quarter of a mile, maybe a half mile long driveway. And we would get off that bus about 3.45 and run to the house because Batman and Robin were going to be on at 4 o'clock. I mean, we would be sweating by the time we got home. But I wanted to see my Batman show because he was my hero. I'm, but what about real life, everyday heroes? That's what I want to talk about today. My sermon is this, everyday heroes. Everyday heroes. People like police officers, firemen, the military, Sunday school teachers, hospital chaplains, the Peace Corps, missionaries, the Red Cross, EMTs, first responders, amen? The heroic acts that they do every day for the people around us. Oh, man, I forgot to start my timer. Y'all are in trouble. <laughs> They're heroes. Now, next week and also today after service for fun and to inspire our kids, we've got some real-life superheroes in uniform. I think Spider-Man and Wonder Woman are here today. And then they're going to be back again next week with some uh, people, police officers and firemen in uniform. we got a photo booth in the back. You can take some pictures. But what about the everyday heroes? People like Charlotte Humrichhouse. Roll video. Restoring my calling at Life Church means that I have a place that is open to the calling that God has called me to. When I came here, one of my first things that I wanted to find out was if there was a place here for the ministry that the Lord had called me to. The Lord has called me to the ministry of music. Not only was there a place, there were open arms to come and help, come to work alongside. You meet a lot of great people. They help me grow and they help me see things from a different perspective. And he has given me this place, this great place to ministry. If you decide to volunteer at Life Church, you will be so welcomed with open arms and you will not regret it. All right. In a Gallup poll, 51% of kids aged 13 to 17 said they could not name a single adult that they would consider a hero. Yeah, that's sad. In fact, and I quote, here's what they said. I don't know any adult that I'd like to model my life after. Now that's tragic. Because here's the truth. No matter how old you are, you're always going to need a hero in your life. Amen? 
And you need to be a hero to other people as well. We all need heroes. We all need models and mentors in our lives because they shape us. They inspire us. They challenge us. They help us build our character. Heroes inspire us to be more than we are. Heroes challenge us to grow. And that's also why you need to choose your heroes carefully. You need to be a hero and you need to choose your heroes carefully because your entire life can be shaped by those people that are influencing you. I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 16 and 3 about choosing your heroes. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Amen? The godly people are my true heroes. Tell me who your heroes are, and I'll tell you who you're becoming. Tell me who your heroes are, and we can tell a little about what you value. Because if you don't have any heroes, you need to search. I'm talking about real-life heroes. You need to search your values, and you need to find some heroes you can look up to. How many of you know that today the word hero is being overused and misused? Kind of like the word genius, right? If everybody's a hero or if everybody's a genius, really nobody's a hero or nobody's a genius. Most people who we call heroes today in our society, they're not really heroes, they're celebrities. See, celebrities make a big splash, but heroes make a big difference. Celebrities are all about image and fame, but heroes are all about character and service. Amen? Celebrities are famous for what they sacrifice for themselves. Heroes are famous for their sacrifice for others. Can I get a little help in this house today? Amen? See, celebrities want to be served, but heroes focus on serving others. So let's talk a little bit today and next week about what does an everyday hero look like. First of all, I want to say this, everyday heroes stand for what's right. They stand for what's right. Sometimes, if you, even if it means standing alone. So you don't become a hero by always doing what everybody else does. Real heroes often have to go against the crowd. Amen. Now, I'm going to challenge us here a little bit today. Because real heroes are not always in the majority. They're usually not. Real heroes are willing to swim upstream against the flow. You're never going to find a real hero doing what everybody else is doing. What did the psalmist say? The godly people in the land are my true heroes. So why don't we talk about those kind of heroes for a moment. Everyday heroes are the ones who go to war every week or every day in prayer. Everyday heroes are the people who stand up for what they believe. Everyday heroes believe that you buy the truth and you sell it not. Amen. Everyday heroes understand that it's by the truth that we are set free. Everyday heroes don't cave into the cancel culture that we live in or cave into the pressure to affirm every ungodly act or ungodly lifestyle that's out there. It used to be you were considered bigoted or mean-spirited if you attacked people that were rude to you or didn't agree with you, right? But now, if you disagree with someone or if, you're, if you refuse to endorse someone's lifestyle or if you fail to affirm their delusional thinking, you are wrong or you are hateful 
or you are uh, you're just not showing the love of Christ. I'm, I, I need to challenge us today. Don't buy into that nonsense. Amen. Don't cave into that oppressive, manipulative thinking. We don't have to affirm everything that's wrong in this world to be godly. In fact, the opposite is true. You don't have to affirm someone's choices to still love them. We don't have to coddle people to show them the love of God, and you don't have to agree with or endorse someone's choices or thinking in order to still care about them. I want to help us today, church. We've got to stand for what is right in society. Everyday heroes have to stand for what's right in the political realm, in the social realm, and in the real world of everyday life. Because hear me, you're going to face all kinds of ethical battles. You're going to face moral battles. You're certainly going to face personal and emotional battles and relational battles. And you have to be willing to do the right thing, even if it means standing alone. Look what Exodus 23 and verse 2 said. You must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. There it is. Every day you get an opportunity to demonstrate character and to be a real-life hero by not following the crowd and doing wrong. When everybody else is doing something at work, maybe they're stealing from the company or maybe they're fudging their time cards, and you don't do that, guess what? You're, you become an everyday hero in this society. Go ahead and tell the truth. Amen. When you're filing your taxes or you're writing your tithe check or you're talking to somebody on the job or you're or whatever, everyday heroes have to stand for what is right. Can I take a minute and speak to our students and our young adults for just a moment? Amen. When everybody else at school is doing drugs or they're getting drunk at parties and they're bragging about it on Monday or they're cheating on their schoolwork or on their job or they're sleeping around or they're gossiping, or they're bullying somebody, and you don't do those things, you might be standing alone, but you're a hero where it counts. Come on. Go ahead and be that guy. I was that guy when I was 16. Be that Bible-thumping nerd if that's what they want to say about you. You are still a hero. Amen. Go ahead and remain a virgin until you get married. You're not a weirdo. You're a hero. Can I get a little help in the church? Amen. Go ahead and wait till you're married to live with the person you love. You're not a weirdo. You're a hero. See, we got to take a stand for what's right. Go ahead and choose to abstain from drinking or partying or smoking pot. Even if a bunch of your friends are making different choices, everyday heroes choose to do what's right. See, the truth is, standing for what is right is not always easy because we all have a desire to fit in and be accepted. We all want to belong. And one of Satan's favorite tools in our life is peer pressure. We hate the thought of being rejected. We live in a culture today that values tolerance over truth. And God wants you to be a hero in our society, and we need to stand up for what is right. Amen. Now I'm not talking about getting in a Facebook war with some dingling that just wants to argue about everything. Amen. Scroll right on past that. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about standing for truth when it's still unpopular. Amen. There are still absolutes in this society and church we've got to stand for what is right. 
Maybe I need to preach a whole series on this, amen. We've got to stand for what is right, amen. Don't let culture back you into a corner. You know what the church is doing that we need to stop doing? We need to get off of our apology tour for loving Jesus and trying to live righteous lives. Come on, amen. We need to quit apologizing for trying to please God with our choices. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, when you think about all the heroes in the Bible, every one of them had to stand alone. Abraham had to stand alone against the immoral culture of, 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 of called Sodom. Noah had to stand alone in obedience and was ridiculed for 120 years because he was trying to do the will of God. Daniel had to stand alone and they eventually tossed him into the lion's den. Esther had to stand alone to save her people at the risk of losing her own life. Moses had to stand alone to challenge the most powerful man in the world, Pharaoh. But do you want to know why you know the name of Abraham and Noah and Daniel and Esther? Come on. You want to know why you know the name of Moses today? It's because they stood alone for what was right. And they fulfilled the will of God in their generation. What about you? See, it's not the only characteristic, but it's a fundamental characteristic of heroes. you got to be willing to do what's right even when nobody else agrees with you. So are you willing to stand alone for what's right, right even in the face of criticism, in the face of ridicule, in the face of rejection? God is looking for heroes that he can use. Everyday heroes also, here's my second point, they make sacrifices for others. Notice the word for others. See, because a lot of people will make sacrifices for themselves. People will sacrifice their health in order to make more money. People will sacrifice relationships in order to achieve certain goals or awards or, or winnings for themselves. High achievers will do a lot of sacrificing for whatever it is that motivates them. Entrepreneurs will sacrifice in order to get wealthy. Entertainers will sacrifice to become famous. Athletes will sacrifice because they want to be at the best at their sport. But heroes put the needs of others ahead of their own. Sometimes even for strangers. My dad, yesterday was my dad's birthday. He passed away almost two years ago. As a matter of fact, next Sunday will be the day that he passed away, two years ago. But my mom told me that one day when my dad was young and they, were, they hadn't been married very long, that my dad, ran, there was a house that was on fire, and my dad ran past a group of firefighters into a burning house to save a little baby. Now that's a hero, Amen. I don't know why he ran past the firefighters. I don't know all that. I don't know what was going on, but he did it. I saw a video last week. Maybe some of you might have seen this. It was one of those security cameras, and it was like a train station in a foreign country, and it was shining down on the platform. You know how they have the, the platform, and then you, there's like a pit, and, and the, the rails are right there. And this little boy, he looked like he was about three or four. He fell onto the tracks, and there was this train coming fast. The mother was blind. You could see her. She was frantically sweeping her hands and looking. And all of a sudden, out of the back of the image, you see this guy come running. 
I mean running, running full speed. He was a worker, and it was at least 30 or 40 yards. I mean, he was running, and then on the other end of the image, you could see the train coming. That guy jumped down in the pit, grabbed that little boy, threw him up out of the thing, and jumped out right as the train went past. I mean, it was a split second. Had he been one second later, the boy would have survived. He would have died. Two seconds later, they both would have died. It was unbelievable. That, my friends, is a hero, a real-life hero. Jesus said in Matthew 20 and verse 26, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Notice, not a celebrity, a servant. God's values are the exact opposite of this world. There are not many people in life who actually say, my goal in life is to see how many people I can serve, rather than how many people I can get to serve me. See, the world says this, think of yourself because you deserve it. But that's not what Jesus said. He said we're to serve others. As a matter of fact, he modeled it for us. He went to the cross. Amen? Talk about sacrifice. Now, to be Christ-like doesn't mean you have to shed your blood and die. It just means you have to be a servant to be a hero. Jesus said that even a cup of cold water given to the least of his followers was going to be rewarded. Sacrifice. What does it mean? It means sometimes your energies get used up. It means your strength gets used up. It means your resources get used up. It means when you pray and say, God, I want you to use me, that one day you're going to wake up really tired, really exhausted, and say, I feel used. And then you need to stop and remember, you asked God to use you, didn't you? Amen? You asked God to use you. Everyday heroes, heroes like the band and the praise team who practice at home and download songs and come on Thursday night and then they come on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock and they lead us in worship for 9 o'clock and they lead us in worship for 11 o'clock. Those people are heroes, amen? People like the guest services team that also come early and they make coffee and they prepare pastries and they set up the team room and they stand in the parking lot and they stand in the lobby and they greet us and they make us all feel special. People like teachers and nursery workers who will miss service completely, teaching our kids and setting in the nursery caring for our babies. And by the way, we do have a nursery for crying babies. That's a public service announcement. Amen. <laughs> Avail yourself of this tremendous resource. Amen. So we've got to understand everyday heroes not only stand for what's right, Everyday heroes make sacrifices for others. Amen? But let me tell you something else everyday heroes fight for. They fight for justice. Now, I'm going to say a couple things some of you might not like, but I'm going to say it anyway. Amen? One thing I've always loved about Superman growing up was that he was always fighting for justice. Captain America, fighting for justice. Black Panther, fighting for justice. Wonder Woman, fighting for justice. But long before the Justice League ever was thought up by somebody, here's what the Bible had to say. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Defend the rights of all those who have nothing. Speak up and judge fairly and defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Needy doesn't just mean poor. Needy means they have needs and they need somebody to be their advocate. Amen. 
Let me, let me tell you, the purpose of influence and being blessed, especially as believers, is not just so we can lay up treasure for ourselves, not just so we can talk about how great church was and how awesome it is to have five generations of Christians in our household. It's so you can help other people who have no influence. Now you might say, well, how do I do that? How do I speak up for those who can't speak for themselves? Well, first of all, we've got to be aware of them. Not beware of them. That's another subject that the church needs to work on. Don't beware of the needy. Be aware of the needy. They're all around us. You might be saying, well, who? Well, let me just give you a partial list. Are you ready? Just in case you're having trouble. Think, how about children? They can't speak for themselves. Who's going to be an advocate for our children? How about those who are too sick to speak up for themselves? Who is going to be an advocate for the terminally ill or the chronically ill or the mentally ill? What about those that are too old to speak for themselves, the elderly? We just watched my mother-in-law pass away from Alzheimer's. And I'm just going to be honest, it was brutal to watch her those last six months of her life. It was sad. It was difficult. Who's going to speak for those people? What about orphans? What about the kids in the foster care system? Orphans cannot speak up for themselves. What about minorities that are often mistreated or marginalized, even though many of us in our society still refuse that it, to believe that it's still happening? Come on, somebody. I want to help us today. What about immigrants? Now, I almost didn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Instead of us judging the people that are trying to come across the border illegally, imagine what it would be like to be in their shoes. Now, I, I'm all for law and order. Don't get me wrong. You know me. I'm riding the conservative bus. I get it. We need, we need law and order in society. But let me just say this. If I lived in Mexico or El Salvador and I could not feed my family, I'd be one of those guys trying to get my family into this country too. So I'm just saying before you judge, think about what life must be like in another man's shoes. You want to know why there was a civil rights movement in the 60s and why hundreds of thousands of people marched? Some of them were beaten. Some of them were jailed. Some of them were harassed. Some of them were even killed because somebody decided we have to stand up for what was right and fight for justice. Amen. Can I just say it? And I got permission from Jasmine to say it. You want to know why they marched in the 1960s? So that in 2021, a black woman and her Latino husband could own a Chick-fil-A. Come on. That's why. That's why we've got to stand for justice, amen? Because hear me, justice does not come and park in your driveway on its own. We still need heroes today that will fight for justice. And I personally think the body of Christ ought to be leading the way. We need to protect the unborn, amen? Somebody's got to speak up. This isn't about choice. This is about the life of an unborn child. We need to protect the right to worship freely without government interference. We need to fight for the right to choose how we educate our children. We need to fight for the persecuted church around the world. 
Right now, Christians all around the world are being jailed and tortured for their faith. And I'm going to take this a step further. We, I also believe we need to fight for the rights of other faiths to worship freely, just as well, even if we don't agree with them. Uh, let me tell you why. If you don't defend the Muslim's right to worship or the Buddhist's right to worship, if we cannot all worship freely, one day none of us are going to be able to worship freely. Real heroes fight for justice. You don't have to agree with somebody to fight for their right to be wrong. We need to fight to keep the doors of our churches open. You say, no one's closing our churches. Oh, yes, they are. Right here in America. There are churches and court cases all around our country right now over these lingering COVID issues. I have a friend who pastors a church in California who is involved in a Supreme Court battle right now. They are trying. The, well, I'm not going to get into all that. This is not March 2020. This is April 2021, not April 2020. Amen. Leave our churches alone. Let our kids go back to school. Come on. Let's get back to living our lives. Amen. Now, right now in Canada, and by the way, I'm feeling a little salty about Canada. Because they're taking two people that I love. Give me my maple cupcake. I'm going to throw that little maple leaf right on the floor. Amen. So right now I'm a little salty about Canada. But right now in Canada, our neighbors to the north, they are putting pastors in jail for having church during COVID lockdowns. You don't believe me, you go home and do the research. I've been following it real close. They even built a fence around a church a few weeks ago. How many of you know the story I'm talking about? Wave your hand so people know I'm not making this up. Amen. They built a fence around a church that refused to close, and they put police guards at the doors, and they will not even allow anybody to walk into the building. Now, do you want to know why that's happening up there? I'm just going to oversimplify it and, and, and just say it. Because people are standing by silently and letting it happen. Not just Christian people, non-Christian people. We need to speak up and we need to defend our rights before they're taken away from us. Amen. Sometimes you got to stand up for what's right. So how do you fight for justice and still be a godly Christian and be an everyday hero? It's not complicated. Are you ready? I'm going to give you one sentence. Here's how you do it. Extend the same grace that you give yourself to others. It's simple. It's not complicated. Matter of fact, Jesus said it this way. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You want to be treated fairly? Treat others fairly. You want people to respect the way you worship? Respect the way they worship. You want people to appreciate the fact that you want to live a traditional lifestyle and honor your covenant of marriage and raise your kids in the fear of God? Love people even if you don't agree with them. Respect their right to be wrong. You, can have, you can't have a discussion with somebody if you don't respect one another. Just extend grace. Because you know what? If we all measured how much each of us deserve grace, forgiveness, and love by the way we live our lives, I think we would all fall short by a country mile. Amen. we got to recognize when you see somebody that's down on their luck, 
or you see somebody and you're thinking, how in the world can they be living like that? Here's what you got to remember. There, but for the grace of God, go I. You see somebody that's addicted and they're, and they're in a perpetual cycle of addiction and they can't break out of it. Instead of judging them, you need to look at them and say, there, but for the grace of God, go I. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody right now. See, because if you are raised in a Christian home or if you're blessed enough now to be living in a Christian home and if you're blessed enough to be in America, we are blessed. And you know what? Our blessings have become our blind spot. Our blessings have become our blind spot. You don't know what trauma or abuse somebody might have suffered at the hands of someone else. You don't know how their parents raised them or maybe didn't raise them at all. You don't know enough to judge them. Only God does. So you know what my role is? To simply love and serve them and pray for change. Seek to understand rather than to judge. How many of you, don't raise your hand, I'll just do it for you. How many of you know it's tempting to judge others even though we know it ain't right? <laughs> Go ahead. You can take your church hat off for a minute. Well, I don't understand why they can't beat that addiction. When God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I stopped smoking, drinking, cussing, and smoking dope and popping pills. That was my testimony, by the way. Robin and I were watching a show the other day, and they mentioned, it was a police show, and they mentioned counterfeit quaaludes, and I laughed. She said, what are you laughing at? I said, that's what I got busted for selling at school. <laughs> it was, it really was. I was like, whoa, take me back, dear Lord, amen. See, you just don't know. We don't know. And for those of us who are blessed, we need to fight for justice for those who need our help. And here's my last point today. I'm going to do part two of this message next week. Everyday heroes take risk for God. Take risk for, I'm talking about, amen. Heroes take risk, but Christian heroes take risk for God. Amen. Did you know that God put within us a natural desire to take risk? He did. My three-year-old grandson, my three favorite words from him right now at this season of his life, Watch this, Paul. Watch this, Paul. Now, I know he does stuff in my house that he can't get away with at his house. I get that. That's just that's part of my job description. All right, boy, let me see what you got. I mean, he'll jump off of stuff. He'll, he'll say, watch this, and then he just runs across the room and runs back and looks at you. Like, like Flash. The other day, he was, he, was, he was at the house, and I heard him. He was going, Paw, 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 kept calling me. I was in there. Finally, I got up and said, what? And I went in there, and we have stairs that go upstairs. And he was just standing on the stairs, and he had his leg cocked up on the banister. He said, take a look. <laughs> take a look. <laughs> I, I laughed. I said, man, that's awesome. I went in and told Robbie. She said, what was it? I said, he had his leg on the banister. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Man, you're practically Superman. You know, he's constantly, I'm so strong. I'm so fast. You know, we y'all remember my, my dart board that I had up here with the metal darts? Now those are at my house. And he'll he'll throw them at the thing. He's about three feet away. And he's like, and he'll, he'll jump up, yes! I mean, you just have to hurl it in the direction of north, and it will stick to the board. But see, everybody, we have something within us 
God made it for us to take risk. But you know what happens? Sometimes life chokes it out of us. You get burned. You fail. Somebody mocks your dream. Somebody laughs at your innovation. You try something and it fails and people are like, yes, I told you so. You know. I remember one time uh, we shared a vision that God gave us for the church when we were just pastoring. I was I was 29, Robin was 25. Man, <laughs> I look back now and the people that are still here, God bless you. How you made it through my experimental run as a pastor. That, But I remember we shared a vision that somebody gave us. And you know what they said? You need to get realistic. And you know what was even worse? It was a pastor's wife. Like, can we at least be pastoring for a year before you take all the joy out of what we're doing? Amen. Before you kill our dreams, amen. Before you no, no, no. And you know what? That vision still hasn't come to pass, but guess what? If I ain't dead, God's not done. Amen. <laughs> but I want to challenge somebody here today. Take a risk. Go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. Heroes risk failure. They risk rejection. They risk criticism. They risk the business going belly up. They risk criticism in order to go after the dream, in order to serve other people, in order to do what God called them to be. See, for some of us, let me make it real practical to what these two days are all about. The thought of serving on a dream team or on a ministry team, it feels like a risk. Now, if you look around the auditorium in the back, our team leaders have tables set up today. They're going to be set up next Sunday as well to give you a chance to talk to them about the different ministry teams that we have. And, and I encourage you to go talk to them. Please go talk to some of them and find out maybe what you can do, children's ministry or media or whatever. We need your help. Ever thought about going on a missions trip? They're going to Columbia. Go talk to that table. Amen. Why not take a risk? What if I don't like what we're doing? What if I don't like the people that I'm serving with? See, we don't like to say it out loud, but sometimes we think about that. What if I'm not good at it? What if it's too demanding on my time? What if they want me to go to leadership training? <laughs> what if they want me to live by an honor code? Imagine that, being challenged to live at a godly level so you could serve the kingdom. Amen. What if? What if? What if? And so we fold our arms, and we never take a risk. See, you need to take some risk for the king and for the kingdom. See, why don't we like to do that? It's real easy. For starters, we like to be comfortable. Amen? It's uncomfortable stretching ourselves. We like our routines. We like, can I just say it and be honest? We like not being accountable to show up for something if we don't feel like doing it that day. Any witnesses in the house, amen. We also don't want to take risks because we're afraid of being hurt. We're afraid of failing. Let me tell you something. Hear me. Failure is not fatal. Failure is not final. But it is worse than the fear of, I mean, but, and it's not as worse as the fear of failure either. Hear me. You can fail and you can get back up and you can try again. But the fear of failure will stop people dead in their tracks. Wayne Gretzky, 
probably the greatest hockey player that ever lived. You know what he said? You miss 100% of the shots you never take. Some of us, we're so frozen in fear that we don't even know what ministry we'll be good at. We don't even know what business is resonant inside of us waiting to be birthed. We don't even know what nonprofit or what ministry that we've not even started here yet. And you know why we haven't started it? We're waiting on you, the one that God gave the burden to, to help us get there for the glory of God. You know what Proverbs 24, 16 says? One of my favorite verses in the Bible. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Amen. I'm not only inspired by the they will get up again part, I'm inspired by the fact that it acknowledges that godly people trip up too. Nobody goes through life with an unbroken string of wins. Rodney mentioned it earlier. He said it's tough being a Virginia fan because they always dash your hopes at the door. I laughed when he, when he said, and a young man threw his jersey in the trash can. I, I leaned over to me and I said, is he talking about Jordan or himself? Amen. <laughs> Hear me. Every part of your story can be used for God's glory. Even the parts you don't want to share or talk about. Every part of your story can be used for the glory of God. That's the power of the cross. That's the power of redemption. That's the power of being a trophy of God's grace. What risk have you known God wants you to take? I'm here to reissue that challenge today. Because a safe life is a wasted life. In order to be an everyday hero, you occasionally have to take risks. Praise team and musicians, I want you to come. Let me close by telling you about a guy in the Bible who was a risk taker. The Apostle Paul almost single-handedly spread Christianity across the entire Roman Empire. He took crazy risk, not for his own personal benefit, but for the benefit of other people. Amen. He was constantly taking risk, constantly taking risk to spread the good news. And hear me, literally nothing could stop him. Let me read you some verses that tell about the kind of risk that he took. Are you ready? 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman. This is Paul talking. But I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and I faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Wow. Did you catch the part where he said five times they beat him with 39 stripes? 
That's 195 stripes. By the way, this was not a little slap on the bottom and say you've been a bad boy. No, no, no. These were stripes that ripped into his flesh and drew blood. 195 stripes. Can you imagine how the Apostle Paul's back must look? What in the world motivated Paul to take all those risks and put up with all that pain? He had his eyes on eternity. He knew that this life was not all that there is. Folks, i got to ask you, do you really just want to slide through life and not make the difference that God designed you to make? See, some of you have felt the joy dry up in your Christian life. You're not as close to God as you used to be. Maybe when you first came to Jesus, man, you were fired up. You had that new convert zeal. Enthusiastic, full of joy, full of life. Man, the praise team would start the music. You're ready to run the aisles. You're ready to dance. You're ready to clap. And right now, maybe you feel bored with God. Maybe you're bored with church. Anybody see that video? It's been around for a while. <laughs> that little boy, he was at watch night service. A little small church, and everybody's testifying. They're closing out the year. And so they dragged this little boy up. I don't know how old he was, 8, 9, 10. I don't know how old he was. But he walks up. Is Lisa's mic on? And so he walks up, and they force the mic on him. He walks up, and he goes, I'm tired of this church. <laughs> and then you can hear one of the church mothers in the background go, Oh, Jesus. I mean, he walked up, he said, I'm tired of this church. And then he walked away like this. Now, you know what? None of us have probably had the courage to actually say it out loud. And certainly not in a microphone. <laughs> and again, please don't raise your hands. I'll raise both of my hands for you. There have been times, and I'm the, I'm the paid professional. There's been times... I just felt like, man, I'm tired of this church. <laughs> I'm tired of caring for people who don't care for themselves. I'm tired of serving people who, and maybe some of you, you're serving on dream teams. Or maybe you stopped serving because somebody hurt your feelings or, or somebody, you know, I'm tired of working hard and not being appreciated. I'm tired of doing all this stuff and nobody ever takes me out to eat. I, I, I'm tired of, of doing this and nobody wants to embrace my vision. I'm tired of doing it their way. I want to, I'm tired of, I ought to be the one in charge. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. But hear me, I guarantee you, if you're bored in your walk with God, you're not doing some of what I preached about today. You're not standing for what's right, or you're not making sacrifices for others. You're making sacrifices, but you've forgotten who you're doing it for. Maybe you're not fighting for justice. Maybe you're not taking any risk for God. Be a hero. You know, imagine what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. One of the things I want to do, and I'm not going to embarrass him. I want to do it when the moment is appropriate. But you know what I want to do? I want to walk up to the Apostle Paul and say, Hey, Paul, would you mind to lift up your shirt? I want to see your back. I want to see what 195 stripes looks like. I want to see what it looks like to be beaten with a rod three times. My word. Hey, Paul, did I ever tell you about the time I had to make coffee at 8 o'clock? How 
Hey, Paul, shipwrecked three times, long journeys. Did I tell you about the time I got stuck in traffic on my way to brace team practice? Hey, Paul, yeah, you think it was bad? Have you tried serving pastries to this bunch? Come on, people. Hey, Paul, you think it's bad? Have you ever had the pastor yell at you because you didn't advance the slides quick enough on the screen? Let me tell you what persecution is. Hey, Paul, I would have done all that stuff you did, but I really don't have the energy to serve once a month. I'm not trying to indict anybody. Well, maybe I am. See, we've forgotten who we serve, why we serve, and who we're serving. Each other. What is my life if I just live it for me? I want you to stand with me all over this place. I don't want to stand up next to a guy with 195 stripes on his back and say, God, I didn't have time to serve in my local church. I don't want to stand up with a, next to a guy who they tried to kill multiple times with stones, throwing rocks at him. They, they beat him so bad one time they thought he was dead, and they left him alone. I don't want to stand up next to him and say, you know what, I didn't really care about the homeless people in my community. I didn't want to help a food bank. I didn't want to. You just fill in the blanks. I'm talking about everyday heroes. Here's what Jesus said, and I close in Mark chapter 8, verse 35. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. If you don't like what I'm saying, like what Jesus is saying in this altar call, I want to invite people to come who are willing to say, I'm tired of just me. I want to give up my life for your sake. I want to challenge somebody. You've got a dream. You've held on to it for a long time. But situations have crushed it. Things have, have snuffed it. Maybe you've just given up because you've failed so many times. No, 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 no. This is a brand new day. I want you to step out from where you are and say, God, I want you to use me. I'm willing to stand for what's right. I'm willing to be a voice crying in the wilderness. I'm willing, God, to serve others, not just for my own benefit. I want to do something that makes an eternal difference. I'll join a dream team. I'll join, I'll, 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 I'll serve bread. I'll make coffee. I'll work in the booth. Or if it's not here, I'll go to the prisons. I'll go to the juvenile centers. I'll preach in the nursing. I want to preach, but I want to preach up there. No, I'll preach in the nursing home. I'll go to juvenile halls and teach Bible studies. I'll feed homeless people, not just on Christmas. I'll do whatever it is you're calling me to do. I'm going to open this altar right now, and I want to invite you to come. Whoever you are, maybe you're already serving. I want you to reconnect with the purpose and say, God, give me a heart for what I'm doing. Give me a heart for what I'm doing right now, Lord. I don't want to just do it because I know I'm supposed to. I want to do it because I love you. I want to challenge you high school students right now. 
I want to challenge you young adults. Take a stand for what's right in your school. If you're the only believer in your class, you be a godly believer and let God pour out his blessing on your life. I'm, gonna, I'm talking to somebody in this room. If you're tired of being single, don't compromise. Wait on the one that God wants to send to you so God can use your life greatly. I have to believe there's more people that will come. I'm going to open this altar. Would you come? Would you come right now? Join us as we pray. Amen.